Hello and welcome to the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Barbara Fisher, and with me is Morgana. Tonight we're talking with Phil Rossi. He is the podcaster behind the Don't Turn Around podcast. He's also a musician and an author and a ghost hunter. And he sent me an email and he said he had some juicy details about some ghost hunting adventures. So, Phil, welcome. Hey, it is awesome to be back. And I have to be honest, I had a moment of panic where I said, oh, crap, I forgot to hit the record button. And then I realized, <laughs> oh, wait a minute, I'm not responsible for any of that stuff tonight. I'm here just to ramble. <laughs> nope, nope. I hit the record button. It's all good. If you look, there's not even a record button on your side over there's there. There's no button. It freaks yeah. me out, but I'm relinquishing the control and I'm just being free here. And it's awesome. Excellent. Well done. Well so done. That, so, yeah. What, so I did send you an email. Um, yeah. You know, so I had a uh, recent adventure. This is in this past December, and I thought it would be fantastic fodder for this show and I was excited to kind of get your take on it okay. if you will. And I think it's an area that last time I was on the show, I don't think that I had the opportunity to talk about. So I'm here to talk to you guys tonight about a location known as Daniels, Maryland, which is about an hour and a half from our house here in Virginia. Daniels is a ghost town um, on the Patapsco river. Uh, it's right by the Appalachian Trail. It's not super far from civilization, yet it's one of those spots where you go out to and you feel like you're in the middle of just about nowhere. Right. And we had gone out there last June. It was a surprise Father's Day adventure where my wife and my daughter, they had got me this fun new back for my paranormal adventures and planned a day of exploring the wilderness and paying a visit to this abandoned town. So we went out there. This is now we're talking June. So we were out there in June and the place was fascinating. It definitely resonated. It had an energy to it. It was uh, a pretty interesting experience. We didn't have a lot happen while we were there yet. Upon coming back and reviewing just some of the recordings that I had done and some of the uh, ghost box sessions that we had done, picked up some very interesting things and also noted to the last spot that we went to, you know what? We did talk about this because we talked we about did a little St. bit. Stanislaus church yes. and the dog yes. barked at the time. Yes. So enough happened that we wanted to go back and we didn't have a good opportunity to come up what with weather and not, but there was a fairly warm day uh the day after christmas as a matter of fact and my youngest daughter has been really getting into the paranormal as well and wanted to come on an adventure with us and so my wife and i discussed it and we said hey you know daniels would be would be a good spot you know on on the scale of of creepiness it's probably a five maybe a six so let's let's head out there and so we drove out there and it was about two o'clock in the afternoon, two 30, maybe when we got out there and we knew we didn't have a ton of time on our hands because we didn't want to be out there after the sun went down. We just didn't think that would be good for anyone, especially my daughter who this is her first adventure. So we decided we would focus our explorations, um, at the state Stanislaus church which is kind of the first major stop on the way into town. 
But before we had started the journey, my wife said, you know, when we've gone out and do these things, I've kept myself fairly closed off from the experience as ter in terms of just having her mind and her spirit open to it. And she said, this time when we go out, I'm going to be, I'm going to be more open. I'm going to see if that has any impact on what I experience, any impact on what we experience. And I said, that sounds incredible. I've been waiting for the day for you to let your guard down a little bit and see, cause she's had moments of, of sensitivity and moments right. of picking things up, but she's very quick to, to shut it down. And my younger daughter as well, apparently over the last year has had a number of very interesting experiences, um, more so at her mom's house than, than at our house. And as a little side note, when we had first started talking about some of this stuff about six months ago, she said, yeah, one night uh, I, I woke up in my bedroom and there was a man standing in my doorway and he it was really weird. He was wearing a flannel shirt. And I said, hmm. wait, I wait a minute. Wait, I, I said, were you sure? She said, yeah, she kind of had dark hair and he was wearing a flannel shirt. And she didn't realize that that's kind of that's a thing. A thing. That, that is, is totally a thing. a thing. That is a thing. So, and she's seen some things out of the corner of her eyes. She picks up vibes when she goes to places. So we're pretty convinced that she has some level of sensitivity. So here I am. I'm getting pretty excited now that my wife, Tina, is saying, yeah, I'm going to let the guard down. And my younger daughter is receptive and thinking it's a fairly innocuous spot. Is that famous last words? It's famous last words. Oh, okay. <laughs> so let me take a sip of this. So St. Stanislaus Church said, hold my beer, right? Said, hold my beer. So <laughs> we're, we're coming into the town and there's a little creek that you cross over before you kind of get closer in to the ruins. The sun is still up. It's a little chilly out. It's not unbearable. There's some people out there hiking and, and whatnot, but it's, it's, it's quiet enough that we feel like we can do our thing and not feel like people are intruding or, or whatever. And we cross the Creek where there's this car that has kind of flipped over and it's a, just a rusted Hulk sitting kind of on the rocks down there with the water running past it. And immediately my wife kind of says, all right, I'm going to go down here, take some pictures. But then she kind of picks up a something and she says, I'm going to, I'm going to head up, head up this way. And so she does, and we find this really interesting piece of fabric that basically a tree has kind of uprooted, and the fabric was underneath the tree, and it's kind of twisted around the roots. But it's nothing that she would have stumbled upon otherwise, and it was not exactly easy to get to. And what was also interesting, too, was that both of our EMF readers were just spiking in this area. And... There were no power lines. There's no power in this town, and the power lines were reasonably distant. And if you ever owned a or used a meter near power lines, you pretty much have to be directly under them mm -hmm. to, to get any action off of that. So that was that was interesting. That was sort of the first hint that okay, this is going to be this is going to be fun. So we decided, yeah, we'll just check out this church today because it's it's later in the day and we won't be able to get further into the town. So the way it's the town is set up, there's kind of a, the road, the old road leads into the town. It's still somewhat paved. It wasn't totally washed away by this hurricane that came through in the seventies. And so you kind of go up the road and then it's almost like a switchback because the church is on top of it or where the church used to be. 
it's on top of the hill. Now, this church was built in, I think, 1879. And in 1929, get this, it was struck by lightning and it burned down. Shock. Who is shocked? I am not shocked. <laughs> not at all. Not at so, all. So it's really just um, a stone structure. You can, you can, it's clear that it had been a church just based on these, the window holes are the an arched kind. And there's a nice big kind of front stairwell that leads up to it. And just upon coming into the church proper, you sense a change in the atmosphere. It's just a little bit heavier. It was very still. And there's a little bit of creepiness there that you kind of ignore because the sun is out and we just let it ride. And so my daughters decided that they wanted to experiment with the Estes method. And for I'm sure you're familiar with it. And for mm -hmm. the listeners that may not be, essentially you have headphones plugged into a spirit box. You put a blindfold on, one person asks, and then the person with the spirit box will say whatever they hear coming out of the spirit box. And so we're getting, so my wife goes off and kind of farts around a little bit with her camera and the girls are engaged in this spirit box session and they're getting some very interesting responses. And then my wife kind of comes back around the corner and she starts talking. And then this was, this was a non, this was a non metaphysical mistake that I made, but I gave her the like one minute. The one minute finger, <laughs> which I think ticked her off a little bit. I silenced her basically. And, and then I came up to her and, and she told me, oh, last time we were there, we had heard there was a cemetery, but we were unable to find it just because it was summertime. So there was a ton of growth, but now it's December 26th. So there's no growth whatsoever. So she tells me, I, I find the cemetery. I found the cemetery. It's, it's back there. And then an instant later, my daughter who's in the headphones on the spirit box she says back there go back oh. go back there and that, oh. was the, that was the first real kind of holy shit moment <laughs> yeah so and there were just responses like that that were so kind of tuned into what we were doing uh, at one point my wife had crossed to the other side of the church and and was climbing up on this unsteady pile of rocks. And my daughter just said, be careful. And she didn't know she was climbing up there. That's just what she heard over the spirit box. And at one point my wife left and moments later said, come back. So it was just these weird sort of coincidental things that were coming through. And then also when we had set up, basically the way the church is set up, it's there's the walls are still kind of standing and then it's just dirt and stone kind of in the middle. And then someone had at some point made a, a stone circle and you could tell that people were having fires there. And actually the last time we were out there, there was a few couple burnt logs that were laying in there. There was nothing in there but ash this time. So I basically put my REM pod in the middle on this little stool that I got to keep it off and on level ground. And when we had started those spirit box sessions, the thing was going off as well which was interesting, uh, which was very interesting because, you know, the REM pod, when you see it on the shows, it seems like that thing is going off all the time. But in my experience, it really only tends to go off when things seem to be charged or happening. So the fact that that was going off was also pretty exciting. But again, we're still in this zone of, 
We were excited, we're having fun. The girls are having fun. And then we head over into the cemetery and they're doing another spirit box session in there. And again, we're getting these somewhat intelligent responses. At one point, my wife had kind of knelt down and there was a grave that was a gravestone that was kind of covered in dirt and leaves. And so she's cleaning it off and, and my daughter just shouts, get up, stop that, which again was interesting. But um, at this point, we're starting to feel some weird sensations. The day is getting a little, a little longer in the tooth, but it's still, the sun is still up. But there were a couple moments where my wife got very lightheaded uh, mm. in a couple of the spots. And, uh, and I hadn't felt anything like that yet until I broke off from the group a little bit and I was on a hill just up from the cemetery. And I thought I heard a voice. You know, I thought I heard a very quiet voice that was not them. And I pulled out my, I didn't have my recorders. They were over by where everyone else was. I pull out my phone and, and just hit record and I'm asking some questions. And within several minutes of starting in on this line of questions, I just got that whole body tingle. Like I basically had walked through a wall of static electricity and I got so lightheaded that I thought I was going to fall over. And that was, again, another sign that, wow, like things are really seem to be happening. But again, not really feeling any threat, right? It just felt more intense than I had remembered it. But no one seemed really particularly freaked out at this point. Now, there's a couple moments where my wife said, oh, I thought I saw something moving out there. I thought I maybe saw a person out there. And you, every once in a while, you see my daughter kind of look off into the distance like something has, has caught her eye. So now it's about four o'clock or so, and we decide, okay, let's head back into the church. The energy kind of felt a little flatter out there. So we grab our gear, we go back into the church, and the shadows have kind of deepened since we had last been in there. And we set up again, and this time we say, well, why don't we let, um, why don't we let you know, my wife do the the Estes method this time. And we tried for a few minutes asking some questions and, but it was, it was stone silent. It was not a single response. Maybe we did it for five or eight minutes. And that's just strange. If you've ever used mm -hmm. a spirit box, you tend to get a few things or a few random things out of it, at least uh, yeah. a few random, but audible words but it, she wasn't getting it. She was just getting the, sh sh the cycling static, but nothing. So we figured, okay, whatever's, whatever was happening here, it's probably, it's probably stopped. My wife and uh, my younger daughter and I all felt like, yeah, feels like the energy is gone. Why don't we just take off? Uh, and maybe we can go in front of the church and fart around for a little bit more before we decide to, to head out. Because we still had a little bit of a little bit of sun left. I think the sun was supposed to set at four. I believe it was four fifty-four. Yeah, four fifty-four was sunset that day. But also, we hear, heard some other weird things like forty-five. My daughter, one daughter, kept saying she said forty-five. It said forty-five again. Forty-five left alive, and it was, which was strange. Again, it just it was. It was cryptic enough to just kind of give you the willies a little bit. 
Yeah. Especially since it, it was that phrase came through more than once and on different frequencies. So we decided we pack up and we head out to the front of the church now. And my older daughter has gotten a little more quiet. And I said, Hey, everything, are you okay? Cause it was, it was a little cooler. She said, yeah, I'm just, I'm just cold and I'm tired, but she wasn't really saying much other than that. Uh, and so my wife and my younger daughter felt this pull down to the bottom of the hill where there were these cars down there at sort of the bottom of the church driveway or what might've been. And so I'm with my older daughter and I said, well, while they do that, <clears throat> why don't we just do another spirit box session while we're here? Maybe we'll just leave the recorder going. And she said, yeah, okay. So she, but she didn't really seem super into it. And I could tell she was getting tired. And I said, well, we'll just, we'll just wrap this up pretty quick. And so we kick that off. And as we're doing it, we notice maybe 10 feet away, there's some brush and there's a branch and there's a few leaves kind of hanging off the branch. And one of the leaves was just vibrating. Mm -hmm. And it was the weirdest thing. And you hear her say on the recording, it's weird because none of the other leaves are moving in the air was totally still at this point. And now I'm starting to pick up kind of a weird feeling. I'm feeling just a little unsettled. And I see my daughter, she's fading. She's fading. And the spirit box says, I think it says either leave or get out. And we decide, okay, it's time to go. We start packing up pretty quick and kind of call down the hill to my wife and, and my other daughter that, that it's time to go. And so we're packing up and then I get this idea in my head that I had left a digital recorder in the church because typically I, I will go out with multiple digital recorders. I have two small ones here. Actually, I have one right here because I was doing some evidence review earlier. So I have two of these. These are the great little rugged recorders. So I typically will travel with two of these and then I've got a couple larger ones. And I was convinced that I had left one of these in the church. And now that sort of kind of like a panicky kind of feeling is, is kicking in a little bit. I ascribe it more to that. The sun is, is getting lower. My daughter's cold and tired and I have to just get them out of the, out of these woods. Now it's just time to go. So I ascribed it to that in that moment, but I really think that there was something more going on there. And so it looked like my wife and my younger daughter were kind of running up the hill to, to reconvene with us. And so I told my older daughter, they're almost up the hill. Why don't you wait right here? I'm going to head back into the church really quick. If I don't see it there, I'm out. Then we'll just leave. And it's fine. It was a cheap recorder. I can just leave it behind. And she said, well, I'll come with you. I said, no, you should stay here. So I beeline into the church and as I'm crossing through the church things just got weird it was like reality I tried to describe this to people and I have a really hard time I keep using the word swimmy like reality got swimmy but then it was also like perceiving reality through heat waves you know when like heat is rising off the it's mm -hmm. just everything was swimmy and wavy and just was so disorienting. It was such a strange foreign feeling, unlike anything I've 
experienced. And I ignored it and I just forged ahead and I got up through the church and somehow I ended up all the way back at the cemetery. I don't really have a recollection of pushing all the way through to the cemetery, but all of a sudden I'm standing there in the cemetery and like, what the F am I doing here? I didn't bring that. Rec- I left that recorder at home. I decided just to bring a couple of recorders since it was a quick trip. So I never even brought that recorder. But before I headed to the church, I was 100% convinced that I had left that recorder there. So I don't know what put that idea in my head, only that I felt like I was too separated from people now and that I turned around and I had to get back there. So I turn around and now I'm pushing back through the church and I thought I heard somebody yell. And so I yell back. I keep yelling, I'm coming, I'm coming. And we're not far apart. I basically have to go around the corner of the church. I'll be in view of everyone. And apparently at the same time, they're yelling to me, but nobody can hear anyone. Oh, no one could hear anyone. And (coughs) we got, we got reconnected. And only then when I came around the corner, my wife and my daughter were coming up the hill and I was convinced that I saw the two of them coming up the hill or else I would have never, I mean, we weren't, Again, we weren't far apart. We weren't being unsafe. But even then, knowing that my daughter was running out of steam, I wouldn't have left her you know, there to wait for them to come up the hill. I literally could have sworn that I saw the two of them running up the hill as I saw them as I was coming around the corner. So finally, we get back together and we start heading down the hill away from the church as fast as we can. And I look at my watch and it was four. 45 that was the time we were exactly to the minute it was 4:45 when we were leaving the church and then I remembered what the my mm-hmm. daughter had said over the spirit box the 45 left alive which gave me pause in that moment as well and put a little more urgency into our step and now as we're leaving so we come down the hill and we kind of get back onto this um, we'll call it the main road it's called I believe it's called Albert Alberton Road and it's just some pavement left amongst the brush right alongside the river. And we get back out onto that road and my daughter just kind of melts almost. She kind of breaks down and she starts crying and, and she just said, I just felt like I felt cold. She said, I felt cold, but like not like cold like I felt before. She said she felt cold like it was like inside her cold Mm. and she said i just got so so tired all of a sudden she said i started to feel it when we were leaving the church and i just ignored it and didn't want to say anything but i just felt like i was i was drained and i said to her i said in these moments when we're out here doing these things if you feel anything like that you can't i mean it may be nothing it may just be that you're tired or it could be something very different could be going on and so we had, you know, we had some, she had a snack while we were walking out. And because also when you have those intense moments too, your blood sugar just plummets, mm-hmm. it just plummets. So all the, all the, uh, burgeoning investigators out there listening, make sure you pack ample snacks. They will come in handy. Yep. <laughs> so always take snacks. Always take snacks. That's a good policy. I, I mean, I come down to the basement from upstairs. I'm like, Oh, I better, I better bring a snack down with me. <laughs> It's going to be a long night. <laughs> be prepared. Mm-hmm. Always be prepared. Every be ghost prepared. hunting party should have an ex-Girl Scout or Boy Scout with them so that yeah. they're always prepared. Yeah. Amen to that. 
So now we're coming up the road and it's getting darker now. And it's this sensation that almost like a wave is pushing out after us, like mm. a, like a, like a flood almost. And I'm very aware of this feeling just right behind us. And we are walking pretty rapidly at this point. And my wife and my, my younger daughter keep like looking off like into the trees up alongside the trail. Cause there's this big high ridge and at one point, and I'm going to kind of get back to a couple of these moments too, after I finish this initial story. And then at one point, my daughter stops and she looks up and she puts her hand over her mouth and she just surges forth and like kind of rejoins with my wife and grabs her hand and they keep trucking out. And then at one point, and then at this time now, there's an owl off somewhere and it is hooting, it yeah. is yep. hooting yep. like mad. Like I've never heard before. And when I had uh, Tim and Chad on the show here recently, and I said to Tim, I said, Hey, I finally had my owl experience. <laughs> yep. I've, been waiting, I've been waiting for that, but it was just, again, man, hard to kind of brush off as a coincidence with everything that was going on. And then my wife said, did you, did you hear that? And my younger daughter said, yeah, it sounds like singing. And I said, no, that's the owl. And I said, no, not the owl. We could, we heard singing. And so I listen a little bit and then, then I, I hear like a very faint kind of voice that does sound a little sing song. And then I can't remember if this was before or after, but my wife and daughter are ahead of the two of us, she's walking. And then you just see her head go back like that. And she thought maybe she had like got snagged on a, on a branch or something, but it felt to her, it felt like something tugged on the top of her ponytail and pulled her head oh. back. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no. Yeah. Things things got real quick. <laughs> so we we are hauling and then we see like car lights in the distance. The owl goes silent pretty much the moment we spot the lights of civilization. Silent, the energy just falls off and we're out. And it was and then we we thoroughly smudged and oils and all that stuff that we do after these adventures. But uh, yeah, that was not what we had in mind when we went out there. But what's, <laughs> what, yeah, what's so, even, oh, so how ahead. old are the, are the kids? So my oldest is 14 and my youngest is 12 going on 19. Oh, man. <laughs> man. High energy ages. Yeah. High energy. Yeah. So I think yeah. they maybe uh, donated a little bit of that energy to the yeah, I think space, you did. maybe. I think you did. So now well, let's, not you, the, the no, daughter. Not did. me. I, I don't have that kind of energy to give. <laughs> so now I'm going to back it up. I'm going to hit that rewind button here and go back to from when we left the church to when we decided it was time to skedaddle. Only 20 minutes had gone by, yet it felt like more than an hour. It felt like just an endless space of time between me going back into that church and, and fleeing. And granted, that could have just been the intensity of the moment, but it just seemed much longer. And in total, we were only out there for about two, two and a half hours. But again, it felt like we were out there so much longer. And looking back to it, it seemed like the sun should have come down faster than it, than it did. 
but I will, you know, put the caveat out that you know there was a lot happening. So it could have been more perception and then than reality, but it was just still very strange just from a time standpoint. So we come back and the next day, or maybe it's the next night, I decide I'll just review some of this audio. That was the next morning. I decided to review the audio the next morning and I caught several very, very clear voices that were not us. One from when we were in the church the first time and I left a recorder behind when we went up to the cemetery and it sounds like someone singing or saying something in a very sing-song voice and then a couple fairly inaudible voices but one very like weird harsh kind of strange whisper sound and I'd caught EVPs out there previously but these were front and center so I was excited and that that we had caught that but what really took the cake was I had a uh, it's a $40 Walmart knockoff GoPro camera that uh, I've bought several of them, two of them. I've removed the IR filter so I can use them on investigations. This is investigating on a budget. And then I kept a third one for adventures like this. So I can always have a camera going. So my family can make fun of me for wearing this silly little vest where the camera attaches onto it. Mean, there's a lot of benefits to this. Yeah, I'm a total nerd, but, uh, <laughs> I'm reviewing the video and I said, well, I'll start with the church, like going back through the church video and I'm watching it with my wife and, uh, it gets to the point where I'm coming back through the church and she says, wait, stop. Did you see that? And I have a thing for the audio. She tends to have a thing for the visuals and can pick out things pretty quickly that I would very likely miss otherwise. So we play it back and as I'm coming back through the church, you kind of see my field of view pan over to the right a little bit where there's one of the walls and there's a pile of rocks. And first watch through, it looks like a shadow figure standing there on top of the rocks. And so I said, okay, let's play that back again really slowly. And lo and behold, a figure manifests on those pile of rocks. And if you can play it like at the right speed, which takes you tinkering with the, the mouse, but it almost looks like the head kind of, you see shadows kind of creep up this pile of rocks and then as her head kind of tilts up and then it's there for, you know, less than a second. But for that second that it's there, it is right there. And what's weird too is it has this kind of glowing center to it. Oh, this that's like fascinating. Glow. And that just floored me and it, it definitely fits with what we experienced and what my wife and my daughter said they saw. Then the next bit of video that we watched through was when we're coming up the path and kind of on the periphery of the video, you see this shadowy, what looks like it could potentially be like a figure kind of form at the base of this tree on the ridge. But as that's happening, as it's kind of passing out of the, the field of view, as I mentioned earlier, you see my daughter stop walking. You see her turn her head and look right at where it would be and then cover her mouth and, and scram. And she said that she'd at the point after we left that at one point she saw a figure so clearly that she stopped. Ah, and then... There are some lights that we saw drifting through the trees on the video. I mean, some very bright lights going through the trees. 
And I'm just positively floored. So my daughter also mentioned, and she said, I didn't tell you this at the time because I, because I, she said, I knew if I told you, you would have stopped and you would have checked it out. Asked you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mark, yeah, okay. Yeah. I said, you're not, you're not wrong. So as we were on our, you know, making our way out, there's good, some good patches of mud here and there because it had rained a couple, a couple nights previous. And she said she stepped in a footprint that was just huge. Like it was just this abnormally large solitary footprint in the mud. And she's got fairly big feet. I think she's like a nine and a half maybe. And she said it was big dad. It was big and it was kind of long and it was weird. And I didn't say anything to you. So now we've got this big footprint in the, in the, in the mud. We've got these, you know, these disembodied voices. We've got these shadow figures. We've got these lights in the trees and it's astounding. It's astounding to think that we were going to go on this innocuous kind of paranormal hike and end up just coming across all of this unexplainable activity. I was absolutely floored. And we had done a little research on the location to find out that there were some ghost stories about the, about those woods. But the digger, I, I, I dug a little bit deeper. And as it turns out, yeah, of course, there were the ghost stories and, and, the, and the voices and the shadow figures. But then people have spotted UFOs out there. There have, big, there have been Bigfoot sightings out there. And I could not believe it yet at the same time I could. And I felt very fortunate. And they said, you are never allowed to go out there at night. And I said, well, I need to go out there at night for science. And they said, <laughs> no, you are not going out there at night. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, I, I think they're onto something. Oh my gosh. And I left out some very, very important information. I can't remember if I told you, or if you recall the first time we were out there, on the there's a stone banister on either side of the steps of this mm -hmm. church, and there was this crown, this yeah. like crown from like right. sticks. So my wife is poking around this last time around the around the rubble, and she says, and she was kind of pulled over to an area. And she says, "Oh my gosh, look at this! There were these this these sticks that were like." strung together like wrapped together making various shapes like it looked again like it was not just a stick that had accidentally gotten tangled in some string it looked like someone was making some discernible shape or rune or sign or symbol out of it and it was just laying there in the stone and i had shot that photo off to a couple good friends of mine um joe and jesse of this uh, incredible web series called Hellbent Holler. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but they head out into the, the deep into the Appalachian woods looking for, I, I would say cryptids, but they explore so much more and they are, they are firm. Their philosophy is very in line with a lot of us that say this, all of this is connected. And what's fascinating about the two of them is, is Jesse was much more of like the ghosts and, and Joe was much more of the cryptids. And then now they've kind of, those views have basically blended. And it's, it's been fun talking to them about that. But I did send that along. She, she does practice some, you know, some, some witchcraft and is, is knowledgeable in that area. And, and, and they've seen a ton of weird shit out in the woods. I mean, deep in the Appalachian woods, these things carved into trees and in the dirt. And, and that is just 
unexplainable to be out there in the middle of nowhere. And they said, yeah, it does look like it could be a cult in nature, some perhaps some of the darker magic practices out there. And he said, yeah, you typically, people that practice generally, you know, your average, we'll say your average person that practices may go out into their backyard to do some of this or find a quiet corner in the local park. He said, typically the people that will tend to seek out the more remote locations or these ruins might be doing something a little bit darker. I said, okay, note it. So again, another reason, maybe not to go back out there at night. But the plan is <laughs> because so you have tempted. a plan. I'm, so I'm like, well, I mean, if I can get Tim and Chad to come down here, maybe, maybe my wife will let me go with them. Or <laughs> yeah. I, w- I was going to suggest that. But yeah. yeah. Maybe. Because they're maybe. professionals. Yes, they're professionals. You know, I'm definitely not. <laughs> so the area has now basically stolen my heart, and I am not. Literally, I mean, I just, I'm more in love with that area now than I was when I, when we first went out there. So the goal is we are hoping to go back out there next weekend if the weather permits and we're going to bring my partner T uh, who investigates with me and we're going to go back out there and, and see what we might experience out there. And I said, we, I, I said, it's okay. We don't have to go at night, but I do want to be around in that, in that same kind of liminal time mm-hmm. when the sun right. is going down. And I said, we'll tap out when we need to tap out, but I really want to head back there. And I'm also, I've made the decision too, that I absolutely have to write a book about this spot and I'm gearing up to dig in and do more research uh, on the history and the weirdness that people have experienced there. And I'm just all in. And it's just so wild that these places come across, you just come across and you're just bewitched by them. So that's my story. That's a good one. That that is a good one. I feel like I have been talking nonstop. Hopefully your listeners are not like annoyed. Like I want, I want Barb and Morgana to start talking. Why won't he shut the hell up? (laughs) No, no, no. That's a good story. And that's that's, an excellent story. So the footprint, was it a barefoot or was it with a shoe? Uh, It was a barefoot. I was afraid you were going to say that. Yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, there was no signs of, um, again, I, this is secondhand. I didn't see it myself, but I asked, you know, were there signs of like shoe treads or anything? She said no. And it was rounded in spots and it looked like long toes and said, whoo, maybe I'm glad I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But only one always, but only always one. which uh, is always. such a high strangeness marker. You've got, you've got a Creek, you've got running water, you've got a lightning strike You've yes. got a fire that fire. burned down a church. Mm-hmm. You got a church. You've got, you've got, got a, a graveyard. Mm-hmm. You got a graveyard. Possible human activity of a ritualistic manner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's a spot. You get I mean, lights. The, you get shadow light. people. You get voices. Catching a shadow critter manifesting is awesome. I am on video. Still, that is so cool. And I'll I'll tell you this, and I'll I will absolutely send you guys the video. I wish that I had invested in a better camera, <laughs> like a higher quality camera. Yeah. But then, but then I wonder. Yeah, I was about to say, what, does that matter? You I don't know, know, 
the photographs people get doesn't seem to matter what kind of camera you have you're still going to get blurry weird photographs yeah and i also like to think too that it's because it's a camera that i took apart and repurposed and put that intention on the camera that almost yeah. it could see these things more they could see it more it was it was more even though that wasn't one of the modified ones it's part of that that little trio that little family in fact yeah you guys are getting show and tell here tonight here's 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 one of them oh the, oh it's a yeah, cool thing it's so cute and um i don't think they make these anymore actually this was i well here's what's funny too is that the original one that I modified was my daughter's that I think I, we got for her for her seventh birthday before we went to Disney World. And she used it for one summer and then it just sat in her drawer for the last you know, six, seven years. And finally I said to her, I said, hey, do you still have that camera? And she said, yeah. I said, can I have it? <laughs> <laughs> and then I sound like I'm 12. <laughs> Are you doing anything but, with it? Yeah, are you doing anything with it? <laughs> yeah, but she was happy to happy to lend it to me. I think it's really, really interesting that your daughter had a flannel man bedroom visitation too. Yes. Like yes. you're I'm gonna sound like an alarmist, but your family's about to have some really interesting stuff start happening. <laughs> I th I think so. I think yeah. I think you're right about that. Uh, you know, we try to be very careful, right, in terms of where we investigate, where we investigate as a family. My wife, at this point, um, with the exception of going up to Gettysburg, tends to not come out at night with with us. You know, with with my my partner T and I, uh, and we are always clear about setting forth our intention when we step foot in a place and then setting forth that intention when we leave. Uh, but at the same time, we have had some strange things happen from time and time to time in the house that can't really be necessarily tied to investigating. I think it's more tied to this channel that I've now that we've opened up in the last year, I think just mm -hmm. tends to, I think every so often maybe something's coming in to peek in on us or maybe something is protect coming forward to protect us is another mm -hmm. theory I have. It could be both. It could be neither. I, I have noticed personally that the more you look at this stuff, the more likely it is it looks back, which yeah. not necessarily in a scary or a dangerous way. You know, yeah, but well, it's, it's it seems only fair. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm <laughs> at you, yeah, you know I mean? it's kind of an exchange going on more than yeah. just like a one way street. Right, right. No, I like that. I think that makes that makes a lot of sense. Something weird did happen to my wife just this past last weekend. So my buddy T and I we went out to do an investigation. You know we've. We started off kind of, it was very informal when I said, do you want to try this? And now we are putting together a YouTube series that is kind of chronicling our experiences as these basically, the, <laughs> the catchphrase is, oh, how do we say it? It's two dads living their best life with the afterlife. <laughs> and, we call it, <laughs> and we call it old spirits because we're old men. 
I like that. So we were investing. I was about to kick off a, a mini story. We'll call this we'll call this a vignette, if you will. So my buddy T and I we were investigating uh, last weekend, and sometimes my wife will have strange dreams when I'm off investigating, or strange feelings of not being alone when we're off investigating. And so her habit is generally even when I when I'm not at the house or I'm I'm not away or I am away, she'll lock the bedroom door. And she said she had this very vivid dream where she woke up in the middle of the night and she was sure she had locked and shut the bedroom door, but it was wide open and there was someone standing just beyond the doorway. Now, she didn't indicate whether or not she was scared or, or not, but still, like she, those weird things do tend to happen in particular when I'm, when I'm connecting with the other. And someone posited a, a theory that, well, maybe it's nothing, maybe it's nothing, you know, necessarily quote unquote bad. Maybe with you being out, there's someone, there's something there, a presence coming in there to, to protect her while you're not there. So I like that better than the alternative. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's a yeah, lot nicer. Too. It is a lot nicer. It is a lot. It's very much a very cup half full outlook on it. <laughs> well, and I think, I think it's important to like, for all that I, I am slightly paranoid about this stuff. Um, it's important to not ascribe positive or negative motivations yeah. to this sort of thing. Like, unless it's real unless freaking it's obvious. Really right. evident. Unless it's crystal ass like, clear. Tricking, yeah. <laughs> tricking you by making you think you left a recorder in a church and then you losing track of how you got into a graveyard while shadow yeah. creatures are manifesting around you. That's probably not nice. And hearing you say that back to me, that sounds bonkers that yeah, sounds that, nuts that's, that's not and good it, and it happened and it seemed very much like whatever was out there was really trying to separate us yeah mm -hmm. trying to separate absolutely us. as you were telling it i was like well they're trying to separate everybody yep 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 I, and then, I and then not being able to hear each other yeah business Just so weird yeah that's uh I've I've heard too many people's stories about being lost in the woods mm -hmm. and they can hear people calling to them and they call to the people and the people can never hear them until a certain threshold has been passed of time and then suddenly they can be heard or seen. Oh, so strange. And not too long before that, a buddy of mine shared a, a tale of his where he, here's the abbreviated version, he... Every Halloween season, he goes off on the what he calls his pilgrimages to these locations. And he was driving back from one, and he was in the wilderness and had to use the bathroom. And you know, males are graced with the uh, ability to you know, do, do that, that wherever we need to do. And so he was availing himself of that privilege, uh, but didn't want to be right on the roadside. And no, so that's he, tacky. Yes, it's totally tacky. He's he's not tacky. So, so he heads off into the woods and he kind of goes, I think he said he went up and then down a rise and then took care of his, his business. And then suddenly looks about and the area of the woods that he had come into seemed utterly and completely different. And, oh. he, and he's been in the woods more than once and, and he kind of starts to panic a little bit and kind of closes his eyes and eventually things kind of seem to get back. To normal and he finds his way back to the car which wasn't very 
far off. And he's not an alarmist and he's very, you know, even, even keeled, but he said it was just alarming <laughs> and it was, he was not in the same part of the forest or even the same forest. And he started talking about pan a little bit mm-hmm. and just the derivation of the word, you know, panic and pan. And we had a little conversation just about pan and that force in the wilderness. And I couldn't help but think back to the conversation that I had with Nico about pan and mm-hmm. and the presence that we felt there, because I would not say it was necessarily a human or former human type presence that I felt while we were out there. There's something to those woods. I mean, there's something, there's something going, there's definitely something going on there. And I think the, I think people can go and they can hike there and they can do their thing. But I think the moment you open yourself up to whatever might be happening in that woods, it's, it's knocking at your door. Yeah. That has been my experience. Um, there's a reason I live behind some really strong wards. <laughs> there's a, yep. Yeah, that's <laughs> like people can call me woo all you want, but it make it helps me sleep at night, okay? And that's there's great there's great value in that. I mean, there is absolutely. I, I think at some point we may consider the same just again to feel you want to feel comfortable and safe in your own space, especially if you're going out on some crazy adventures. Yep. Just not necessarily maybe having something follow you back, but I think you, I think your bandwidth for this stuff, the more you do it, your bandwidth just gets wider and I yes. think it is more, more inviting. One detail that had just popped into my head because this is the way my brain works. I told you the rails, I was not going to abide by any rail system here. I was going to abide by the philosophy of let's go wander off into the woods and get lost. <laughs> but <laughs> roughly at the same time, I was convinced that I had forgotten my recorder. My uh, wife and daughter who were down the hill smelled this awful, rotten stench at roughly that same time that I mm. had this inspiration that I had to separate from everybody. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. So again, mm. there's another deep of just Yeah. I love yeah. bad smells in the paranormal because they people interpret bad smells so differently. If you talk to somebody who's like a demonologist, they'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a demonic. Mm-hmm. If you talk to somebody who's into Bigfoot, they'll be like, oh, it's a skunk oh, ape. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Bigfoot has bad BO. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Um, and, and if you talk to, to, you know, just somebody who's kind of spiritual, the smell, that kind of bad smell of rotting flesh could be any number of things. Yeah. That's, but it's never a good thing. Right. And in my case, it's usually been a dead animal that, you know, I haven't turned the corner and gone, oh, that's what that is. That's what that is. That's what that is. But when taken... When taken together again with everything yeah. that we were experiencing, it's I just I cannot believe how many effing boxes we I was going to say it was like there were all the boxes. This is like, well, you had a smell, you got separated, you had a delusion that you had left a piece of equipment, and then you ended up in the cemetery for no good reason, and you couldn't figure out why. And time your kid got cold mm-hmm. and tired. Mm-hmm. You had time speed up and slow down. You had a footprint in the mud, but only one. 
you saw shadow creatures. And One light. of the shadow creatures had mm -hmm. a light in the center of it. Mm -hmm. Singing. 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 I forgot singing. about the sing. So many I'm things. So many owl. things. <laughs> and the owl. And the owl going, dude, get out, man. Yeah, Just go. Out. It is time. <laughs> and what's crazy, honestly, I would say all of those things, all those checked boxes was in like a 20 minute span of time. Yeah. How nuts is that? Because we'll go out on investigations and grant we've been, we have been so fortunate to have stuff happen pretty much in every investigation we've been on, but we're sitting there for hours. Yeah. For you know, a handful of things to maybe happen. And this was all in 20 minutes. What the F? It's because you didn't go looking for it. Like yeah. you, you thought you were going to go out with your kids and have like a fun, like lightweight, like, yeah, like, like hearted. This is a K2 meter. You do this. And, and sometimes it was the it Christmas season. Yeah. Which is, which is also a liminal you time. You were between yeah. Christmas and, and New Year's and Epiphany. So that's a yeah. liminal weird yeah. space there. Yeah. And we were only six, what, six days post solstice. Mm -hmm. I mean. Yep. We crossed over a creek to get there. It's oh, like yeah, all the, the reality. The sun's going down. But it's crazy. I get so excited talking <laughs> about it. And oh, I it wonder, is exciting. I feel that draw. You know, I feel that draw. And I don't know. Do I do I question that? Is that is some of that excitement not all coming from me? Right? Am I being called back out there for any specific purpose, whether it, whether it good or bad, you know, I don't know. Well, as long as you know, you don't take it into your head at midnight that you need to drive there <laughs> with a box of black candles. Yes. And like, yeah, we got rid of all of those. <laughs> a plan to summon Cthulhu. Yeah. You're probably safe. Probably going to be okay. Yeah. yeah no, you you summon Cthulhu in, in the Northeast. You don't do that in the right. Mid-Atlantic. Well, I grew up in the Northeast, so I grew up in the Northeast. See? So He's got the mom, blood Mom, in can him. you send me my my summoning tome? <laughs> I'm the one whose dad is a deep one, so. That's true. <laughs> Grandpa does does have the Popeyes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a deep one. Speaking of New England, now I, I believe I told you the Dudley Town story. But I don't know if I mentioned that I I had a flannel man encounter on this this wilderness camping trip. I'm like, okay, are you you're out in the wilderness? You're probably going to see a guy in flannel. But it was so part of the trip. We go into this ghost town, and our teacher leaves us in these locations in the town to see what we experience. So we're getting ready to head into the town, and this is a place you cannot get to by driving. You get to the road and then it's a three or five mile hike into the woods it's tight winding trails up over rocks there's nowhere to drive and we're kind of approaching the area where the town is and there's a there's a fucking part of my expression there's a car sitting in the middle of the woods and not like a dead hulk of a car it's like a 1970s maybe it was a maybe it was like a cadillac uh and it was sitting there in the woods was it black? It was no, it was it was um it was a like a greenish color. Okay, because like I green. was like, okay, so you found the men in black's car. <laughs> right. Well, here's what's weird. So I was sitting there in the woods, the headlights are on, the engine is idling, and there's oh. a man standing outside the car with he's kind of got a army 
jacket on, like the army kind of surplus kind of jacket, you know? Mm-hmm. And underneath that is a buffalo plaid flannel shirt. And he's got kind of dark hair and and he's talking to my teacher and they're kind of having a conversation. And then we part ways. But it was everyone remarked on how did that car get there? How did this car get here? And the, my teacher was having such a matter of fact kind of conversation with him and we couldn't hear what they were saying. My teacher said nothing about it either. He acted like it was really not a thing, but it was a thing because this car. <laughs> I love it. But it was a thing. It was, <laughs> it was actually a thing. Man, there's some, there's just weirdness out there and I, I love it. I don't, I just love it. Yeah, I, I feel like it's, you know, <laughs> the kids are like you know, on South Park, you know, what is that thing? That's not important right now. No, it is important. <laughs> what is the thing? What is it doing there? Why is it there? You know, I, know. <laughs> I want to know. know. I, I, I wish I wish I, I could go back in time to ask ask him. Uh, he's no, I mean, he passed away many oh. years ago. I was I was a young buck back in those days. So he uh, he's passed away since. So I'll never know what transpired between my, my teacher and, and this guy in flannel flannel man, maybe, I mean, it does add up with the flannel man thing. It's just the fact weird. This, this random dude in flannel, it, <laughs> random dude in flannel in the woods wouldn't have been strange. Random dude in flannel standing next to an idling car that had no business being out there in the woods. That's it. That's the thing. That's a thing. <laughs> like, you're right. That is that's weird. Well, quote me yeah, on that. that is especially a like a nice like Cadillac and not like a mud spattered Jeep or an older truck. Yeah. Or yeah, anything was, that looks like definitely this was an off-road vehicle. Yeah, this was not an off-road vehicle. Yeah, I mean it was, it was extra weird. It was low to the ground. Extra weird. Extra weird. That is so Mm. See that? I'm thinking. <laughs> see, I'm thinking all kinds of ways it could have gotten there that it's just totally not kosher. <laughs> it's Let's just, hear it. Let's hear it. I want to posit positive theory. Well, you know, it may not have been a car. It may have just looked like one. Uh, okay. <laughs> it could have been yeah. something that flew. Yeah. It may not have actually been solid. It just may have been temporarily solid. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. I know I've read one instance in uh, this is one of my favorite uh, things from uh, RD six killer Clark's books about the native American Mm -hmm. star people um, experiences. Yeah. Uh, A woman talked about watching uh, a UFO land and open and then a car driving up and people coming out of the UFO, they get into the car and it drives away. And it's not a res car either. Right. It's right. a very nice looking car. Yeah. And then there was another time that she saw a car drive out of a UFO and go off of the res. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's not cool. Yeah. Whatever is going well, on with that, it is not cool. I mean, very uncool. It could it could have come out of a fairy hill, yeah. Like who's to say? Like the fairy lords of old haven't updated to Cadillacs from Destriers. Yeah, you know what? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's it fits. I mean, all these. I mean, I I imagine it would be difficult because they're iron, but you know. That's true. That's a good point. But again, man, I think it was Morgan Daimler 
um, I don't remember if it was her or somebody on her Facebook page today had said that um, that's why fairies in modern fairy stories in uh, fiction drive around in sports cars and not in <laughs> 70s muscles car muscle cars because sports no, cars I, are fiberglass. Fiberglass. <laughs> fiberglass. Not it's sealed. Very, it's very safe. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, it. yeah, it could have been an illusion. It could have been not a real car. There could have been a very strange rich man who had a secret mansion out there with a driveway that was hidden. I mean, it's, it's possible. But here's the thing, though. I mean, it wasn't... I mean, it wasn't in mint condition, right? It was a older car, right? I think mm-hmm. I, I had to guess it was a late 70s, early 80s model, right? Uh, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the well-polished Cadillac by any stretch, but it was, again, a maintained car. It looked like a car that was road-ready and someone had at least, you know, taken care of, kept clean. That's so weird. I'll be scratching that my head on that for the rest of my life. And what's funny is though I hadn't I hadn't that memory had left me until I Tim and I were talking about Flannel Man when I was on his show. He was like one of the first shows I was on and we were talking about Flannel Man and and the idea just burst forth into my head. This memory just came rushing back to me. And now, honestly, it's one of the more vivid memories from that adventure. I, I've, I've had one flannel man experience. And something that I noticed about a similarity between the two of yours and mine is just the sheer incongruity. Yeah. yeah. Of what is this person doing here? Yeah. <laughs> like, in my case... A man wearing, it was not buffalo flannel, it was one of the pale blue flannels mm-hmm. that had been mm-hmm. washed for a long time. An older, yeah. an old man, older man, like, looked to be like, 50, like no, <laughs> <laughs> looked to be like anywhere from 55 to like a well, like aged 60, came walking just out of the woods towards a gas station. Because we were picking up a pack of smokes, and yeah. he just walked out of the woods and walked into the gas station. But there's nowhere he could have been walking from, right? Because this is yeah. this was in Athens, in town. the The place, the part of the woods he came out of, there's nothing there. Yeah, and he but walked out like woods. it was nothing. Like and he was, he, yeah, he just out walked out like walked out as like walk. He was walking out of his front door, and I'm like, there's nothing there. Like there's the old insane asylum, but that's far away from there. Yeah. That, but that's, that's a long. That's walk. the closest thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I, it's a very long nothing. walk from there. I got nothing. I got nothing. But yeah, I, and like I, I don't. <laughs> flannel man just and seems then, yeah. to be weird like that. Flannel man, who who are you, Flannel man? I don't want you coming to my house. This is not me. <laughs> I love how you requesting that. <laughs> requesting a house call, but just these encounters that you hear about again. It's and and Keel talked about Flannel man. Mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. The man the with bedroom the checkered phantoms shirt. and checkered shirts. Yep. Yes. Yep. And yep. that pattern. I mean the 
the buffalo pat plaid pattern itself goes back a very long time too from from what i understand as well so i mean this could be a very right a very ancient thing or again you know ascribing time to these phenomena is probably way off i think yeah. time yeah time is, is irrelevant i don't know if irrelevant is the right word but time is not the the principles that we are familiar with in terms of time don't apply i think to this phenomenon yeah. in general at least yeah i generally you know, think so too yeah that's something i contemplate a lot when we go out on these investigations and we're connecting and reaching out and there's so many different ways you could be reaching out. I mean, you could be reaching out to a spirit there. You could be reaching out to, you know, a, someone else at a different point in time. It's it could be reaching into another dimension. We're reaching, yeah, cross dimensional. I mean, cross time, cross dimension. I mean, it's, it, but it doesn't drive me crazy. It just excites me. I love, yeah. I love that there are so many possibilities and so many ways just to stretch your concept of of what it could all be yeah there's there's with the checkered pattern you know that checkered pattern you see mm -hmm. it in the chessboard and the checkerboard and chessboards at one time were red and black not white and black uh -huh. and chess pieces were once red and black like checkers yeah hmm. um you see it in Masonic lodges. It's it's the floor pattern is a parquet of red and black inlay squares. And equal. let's face it, the Masons Masons do nothing by coincidence or accident. There is no. There's always something. <laughs> there's yes. There's always a, a pattern to it yeah. that makes sense in their in their understanding of things and it has to do with balance of dark and light yeah um the the thing i've come to with the red and the black is it's life and death mm -hmm. it's the color of blood and darkness yeah so that's the only that's that's kind of where i am that it has to do with you know life and death and the balance in between or walking between the two and it's a game and it's a game oh yeah <laughs> because so chess and checkers right. because i do Wait. think it's a game i think it's i think there's such an element of play that happens with high strangeness yeah it's not necessarily nice play sometimes it's play like we're the ants under the magnifying glass right <laughs> i right. think right but yeah, there, there's just there's th since there's give and take going on, there's co-creation going on. There's all of these elements where they could be this phenomena could be really damaging people, right? But it very rarely does, right? When right. it and does, think, it tends to do a really great job. But when yeah, it does, it's absolutely horrible. But it's devastating. But then you but, think about it, it it's. It's the balance then we were, that you were we were just talking mm -hmm. about. The game is a balance, right? Mm -hmm. And and sometimes you've got more pieces on one side or sometimes more pieces on other, but it's where kind of the pieces are crossing over. You know, maybe that's where 
an entity like flannel man is going to manifest where if that, wherever that balance is a little bit off and maybe he is, a, or he, she probably it. can't even say that it, you know, they, it flannel man, flannel person, either way, maybe they are a restorative agent, right? Maybe mm. there's, maybe they're massaging out the crinkles along the way. Could be. Maybe they're, Oh, go ahead. They're a guardian between spaces, maybe. Yeah. 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 Which would explain why they manifest at the edge of the woods a lot, too. And in at the edges of sleep and waking. And the edges of towns. Because really, that's the edge of Athens where you saw that guy. That's true. And we were at the edge of Dudley Town. Just a little farther, it's not Athens anymore. It becomes Union. It becomes Union, Ohio. So that could be part of it is it's he's always at the the liminal space the i mean like all weird things he's always at the liminal space yeah doing liminal things doing liminal things he's <laughs> you got know? his underneath the flannel he wears a t-shirt that says liminal in like a cool font <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> liminal and then you know there's a there's a map and it says you are here and he oh, now- to it now okay. I just have an image of Flannel Man yeah. as the bouncer of the liminal space. And the liminal <laughs> oh. space is some really weird club that all this stuff hangs out in. I can see that. Okay, that sounds, there's a short story there. <laughs> club there's liminal. There's a short story there. I like it. I love it. Oh, these adventures. You know, it's, I'm coming up on the one year mark of Don't Turn Around. Don't Turn Around will turn a year old uh, in February. And standing where I am now and looking down this path that I've, I've, I've come up is pretty damn astounding. You know, yeah. I was just going to do a podcast and talk <laughs> about ghost stories and it was going to be just that. That was all it was going to be. And now here I am having my second conversation with you amazing, amazing people on your fantastic show. And telling these stories that if I, if I wasn't telling them myself, well, even still though, if someone tells a story like, like these stories that we've been sharing this week, I mean, it's, it, this stuff is hard to make up. Let's yeah. just put it that way. This stuff is hard to make up. And I've heard a lot of incredible stories in the last year never really did I consider that beyond the few experiences I've had in my life that I would be having adding new stories into my own catalog to share with people. And for that, I'm extremely, I'm very grateful. It's been quite, it's been quite a twist. I would say that I, I would say that I, I would, I shamaloned myself with this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, our podcasts are about the same age. Which is surreal. You're just more productive than I am. (laughs) (laughs) We never shut up. That's the difference. Yeah. We're chatting. And I never I never want you to. Don't don't you dare shut up. (laughs) Don't you dare shut up. But yeah, looking back, it's like, geez, you know, we made that. Wow. Okay. And your podcast is awesome. Mm. Yeah. We love your podcast. And it's it's amazing that you've gone out and done field work. Like we we are not there yet. We keep wanting to, and then COVID happened, and then we were like, well, maybe we should wait. <laughs> so 
So yeah. I'll tell you though, I mean, when I started, it was purely a just like, I'm just going to dip my toe into the pool and test the water out. And I just went out with, with a digital <laughs> recorder and, and a video camera, which was impractical. It was a crappy camera and, and I don't do a ton with the stationary cameras. It was just, I bought a $50 camera and I went to a local battlefield uh, one early morning and spent an hour and a half there asking questions to the ether and not, I, I, there was a, there was a vibe there. There were ghost stories about this battlefield and it's, um, you know, I just felt some, some tinglies while I was out there, but nothing else really did happen. I didn't get squat on the recorders while I was out there, but the actual act of reaching out like that. And it was best way to describe it is it was almost just like a meditative type experience where I just eased into it and just felt this sense of just rightness and was in just such a, a focused kind of headspace on just that moment. I was able to really say that in doing that, and, and I find this, I get into the space as much as I can when we do this. Sometimes I get caught up in something else like, oh shit, I just batteries fell out of this device um, <laughs> where we only have half an hour left. But um, when you get into that space and you are able to be, you find yourself being fully present, which is, I think, something that not a lot of us really experience with great frequency just because of the nature of being living human beings in, in a world that is chock full of chaos and other stuff, that when you truly experience that instant of being in the moment, it is such an incredible feeling. And that's probably one of the best things that I, I've gotten from a personal standpoint out of investigating is being in that moment. And I'll be honest, on some recent investigations, I've, I've lost that a little bit because, you know, maybe I get um, hung up in how much time we have in a particular spot. And we did an investigation this past weekend, as I mentioned, and I'll give you the short version. Basically, it was a ticketed event, uh, but we had done an event with this group before and the guys are, are amazing. We love them to death. They're such down to earth, good people. And they were hosting an investigation at uh, St. Albans Sanatorium, which is about three or four hours from here. And it's a spot that is on my investigation bucket list. So we were all in. What we didn't realize was just how many tickets they sold to this event. Because the last mm. one we went to was very intimate, but there were about 60 people at this event. So it was essentially paranormal speed dating. So you right. would have 45 minutes in a spot and then you would have a break and then you would have to rotate. And my partner T, he was getting, he was just getting very frustrated with it. I was getting a little frustrated as well, just because there was a lot of crosstalk and it was just kind yeah. of a, kind of, you know, it was chaos, especially for us since we've found our groove, we've got our style, we know how we like to do things. Uh, but the second session, you know, I went off into, we were in this kind of basement area. I think it's where they used to hold AA meetings in the sanatorium. And then they had some like treatment rooms and offices. And I found just a dark room. 
and I, I went in there, I turned a recorder on, I sat it on the ground and I just sat there in silence for that whole 45 minutes. And I said, I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to be right here in this moment. And I'm just going to just shut all the rest out. And I'm just going to be here just to experience being in this space at this time, because this is the only time at this time that I'm going to be here. And that completely flipped my entire mindset for the rest of the night. And then I didn't feel that angst anymore, that pressure to, to get the right question in or use the right piece of equipment. And I just kind of moved through the night in that fashion. And in that sense, it was a great experience because I kind of came back to where I was, you know, almost a year ago into being more present in these things. And the last hour a ton of stuff happened. I had, I was sitting, we were on the top floor where, uh, where sadly there were a couple suicides and some other really just sad things happened in this spot. And my whole thing was when I would go into a room, I'd say, Hey, you know, I've come here to connect with you, but connecting doesn't mean that we have to have any kind of a conversation. And I'm perfectly happy to just sit here in the silence because sometimes you just need to have that companionable silence where you, you share a space with someone but you're just there and you're just quiet and whatever communication is happening has nothing to do with words or sounds. And so I'm sitting there in the dark and I hear a woman's voice say something right in my ear, like maybe inches away. And I got a little nervous. I'll be perfectly honest. I got a little nervous because I hadn't really experienced much that night other than a door moving on its own earlier in the evening, which wasn't that didn't really scare me. It was amazing, but but hearing someone speak in your ear and you're in a dark room, because I turned out all the lights and I turned on my flashlight, I'm just sitting there in the blackness and I actually caught it on my camera. I caught the voice on my camera. I went nice. back and reviewed some stuff and I actually caught it. And then later that night I was standing by out looking out this window during this same session and it sounded like someone from the group had like walked up and stopped right behind me and I turned around, nobody was there. I was there standing in that window like bay completely alone and then the last part of the night this was not exactly a positive experience but it was still an experience where um two of the people that were with us uh one is a, a medium uh we were in one room together and they were talking and i heard my other friend say to her she was like yeah i just feel like i got like inappropriately like touched basically it was what she was sensing and then there was just a weird very strong shift in the energy. And I experienced again, that like lightheaded feeling, everything got tingly and I got very emotional. So I felt this surge of just like sadness. And I said, Hey, I'm sorry. I said, I just have to, I just have to leave this space. So in that last hour and pretty much that whole night, it was full of just personal experiences. And I wasn't concerned about catching anything. You know, I've kept my body camera on, but I didn't have any other cameras with me. And in that sense, I just, I experienced a lot that night and it was good to know that you can, you can reset because investigations can get stressful things. Technical things can go wrong. And when the technical things go wrong, you get back to what it is. The basic thing to do as a human being is to experience. We have this great onboard equipment, <laughs> right? Yep. Great onboard equipment to experience. And then we have this 
uh, data delivery mechanism called our faces where we can tell these wonderful stories <laughs> even if we don't have a recording or a video. So it was, uh, for me, it was good to kind of reconnect with that. Yeah. I mean, that's... I'm I'm leery of, of having electronic equipment of any kind with me because I screw that stuff up just on my own <laughs> with no help. Um, and I've always screwed stuff like that up. That's just how it's been. Yeah. Morgana's a lot the same way. So I generally just use the native equipment that I was yeah. born with yeah. and let that be. And, but yeah, I'd still love to go out with somebody that had equipment. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I love, I, I just wouldn't hold it myself. <laughs> I think you could probably manage to hold like, Oh, this recorder, it's solid. It's simple to use. Oh, th it's not that it's not simple. She is a it's wonky just, EM field, and she fries oh, things. About that. You fry she things. fries I fry stuff. things. Okay, that's right. That's right. Oh, now yeah. it's like going They go okay. through microwaves like nobody's business. <laughs> like, how yeah. many microwaves have you bought in the last five years? Like, three? Three. Three. Dishwashers right, so are bad, Don't touch too. the nice toys, then. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. <yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I'd like to go out with somebody else who had the cool toys and, you know. And they are cool. And they're a lot of Sit on your hands and watch. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes I really think that the toys, at least for me, you know, they are kind of focal objects. They mm -hmm. help kind of get mm -hmm. you into yeah. that headspace. They're part of the ritual of connection, you know. They're, but uh, at the same time, when lights start flashing on something that have no good reason to be flashing, it's... I mean, it still you, tells you, get, you, you get a you get a thrill you get a thrill out of it. Yeah, but I will say this too uh, about that investigation. You know, I wasn't expecting to come back with much of anything, but I have reviewed some of the recordings and I have heard some interesting things on there. So I'm excited to dig in there a little deeper because you never know. You never know, even in the weirdest, like complicated environment, full of people. I mean, there weren't 60 people with this at a time. Thank goodness. Yeah. And by the end of the night there was a bit of attrition with our group. We right. started off with a group of 10 and then we were a group of eight. And then by the end, I think we were a group of five or six, were which is, that is a good number. By the yeah. ghosts. Or did they just give up? <laughs> and we never <laughs> saw the way you again. <laughs> They're, They're still, still there, there to this day. Yeah, yeah exactly. No one can hear them screaming. Either that or they got tired and cold because it was about 20, 20 degrees out and there's no electricity or heat in this building. And some people did. Definitely tap out for that reason. Okay. Yeah. I was just checking, you know. <laughs> I love that, though. I love that you went there with that. That's perfect. <laughs> or oh, she always goes to the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. I do. Plan for the worst, prepare for the worst, and hope for the best. But it's, just generally important. accept it's probably going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we grew up in Appalachia. It's almost always bad. Fatalism is just yeah. in our DNA. Yep. Yeah, but Appalachia yep. is... I mean, I want to experience more of, of those woods and those mountains because I think there is definite magic contained therein. They're, yes, they're old and they feel mm -hmm. old and yeah. they're strong. Yeah. Even if, even if a lot of it's been clear cut and it's second or third growth forest, it's still... It's forest growing from ancient earth. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to describe it. And we're not far. I mean, where we are. I mean, we're in Virginia. So, of course, it, 
you know, oh, yeah. Yeah, runs right through. It's got a big neighbors. old swath of it yeah. that goes right through. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the last, you know, Daniel's Maryland experience and the TWA Flight 514 experience, all right off the trail. I mean, yeah. so, you know, there you go. I mean, I need to explore other ancient mountains and so I can have more data. <laughs> yeah. Honey, I'm going yeah. across the country because I need more data. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, it's interesting. Um, in the most recent uh, episodes, I've been talking with people who live in the live in, work in, or have experiences in the Driftless area of Wisconsin. Okay. Which it's called that because it's an unglaciated part of Wisconsin. So there are hills. Yeah. The rest of it got scraped by the, the glaciers during the ice age, the last ice age. Um, So there's this little section that if you think about it, well, what was it scraping away? It was scraping away the Appalachians that extended out into the Midwest. Well, that's what got scraped away. So there's a little piece of Appalachia in the driftless area. That's And it has similar weird things that happen. Really? And yeah, like I've got one person had an experience seeing a Thunderbird there. One person has had a multitude of experiences. Um, that's the owl, the witch and the wedding dress. Mm-hmm. Um, then this week's episode, there is <laughs> some really wild stuff that happens. This is the experience episode, right? Yes. Are you yes. experienced? Yeah. So the, the creature at the end is that was in the driftless area. Um, and I believe that the Baraboo Inn that Allison Jornlin talked about having a, an orb that she saw yeah. with her eyes fly at her face, that is in the Driftless. Also, Zelia Edgar, who we had for our first guest this year, grew up adjacent to that area and, and was in and out of that area experiencing things as well. So, but I didn't plan that. <laughs> I didn't ask for the driftless. It it just started popping up this this yeah. you know since December through January. Isn't that interesting? But well, after about a year, right? It yeah. starts popping up. Yeah. That's mm. synchronicities. Mm, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? And what a what a beautiful name. I know it's, it's a lovely name. It's, it's love. It's haunting. It's evocative. Mm -hmm. I'm now must go read more about. (laughs) I know. I know. It's so weird because I had never heard that term before until mostly it was, it was the owl, the witch and the wedding dresses where I first heard it. But then going backwards, I'm like, Oh wait, this happened there and this <laughs> happened there and that, Oh, Oh, that's weird. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of strange. It's just, it's, it, it, it's mind bending. It's mind bending. Cause you think about it. Okay. Well, you know, at purely base value, this is a ball of rock covered water and plant life and all, all other stuff. But you know, it's very much, the same physical matter that's scattered throughout the universe. So where is this 
because you, I mean, it's hard not to think that, okay, this, this land that was pushed out by the glacier, that it was once part of this land and these, this activity is happening here and people are experiencing this. You think, okay, well, what is it? What is it about that soil? Or the but rock it, or, it, the, or the, yeah, it all, but it all formed essentially from the same like cloud of dust. It, it mm -hmm. just, it's, you can tell my brain is like stretching in a ridiculous way right now. <laughs> Cause I'm also, you know, I'm also, I'm, I'm I love sciences. I love astronomy and it just again it just when you try to think about it you can't you almost can't speak that's where i'm at right now i think i've i think i've thought too big about this because now i'm just like and you can't see my face but it was ridiculous and that's what i that's what my brain is doing right now because here's the i'm gonna say something ridiculous right now i'm gonna say something ridiculous but like is there paranormal activity on the plains of Mars. Dude, right? I was just thinking about ghosts in space. Thank you for yes. also going there because I went there. I went there. I was thinking, are the nebula haunted? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Where the stars are being born. Is that where souls happen? Why not? What I, I mean, if souls are a thing, I don't know how I feel about souls being a thing or not being a thing. But if they are. Are they swimming through all that supercharged gas out there? I mean, there's plenty of energy. Yeah. Yeah. Have they had a paranormal experience on the International Space Station? I mean, so many people have gone through the space station. Has anyone asked them that? Like, have you ever, like, experienced anything weird up there? I don't know, I've, but we I've should. I've seen your videos. Die. I know you've seen in the sky, but I would love to know, like. Well, I know that, you... that there's at least rumors of and there is. Um, testimony from astronauts of seeing strange things in space that yeah. they couldn't explain, um, I, including lights traveling over the earth itself and yeah. going, I, 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 what's that? <laughs> um, Edgar Mitchell talked about all that a lot yeah. when he, you know, after he came back to earth, he, he said that there were things that they saw that they couldn't explain that they didn't understand. But I mean, Everyone who's been to space and looked back at the Earth has said the same thing, which is it's magnificent and it's alive. Yeah. And it's fragile. It's like hanging there in nothingness. Yeah, that's, I mean, when phrased that way, it does, it gives you pause because you think about this this sphere of life with this very itty bitty thin atmosphere hanging out there in um, this darkness revolving around its star vulnerable to anything everything. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Shit, now we're back to Lovecraft. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the old Cosmic gods, horror. Yeah. <laughs> The well, old gods funny. of space. Yeah, the first book, the first book I wrote was cosmic horror. It was a, it's a haunted space station novel and it's got some old God esque themes to it. Nice. And I'm actually working on the second edition cause I wrote it in 2005. It's actually how I started podcasting. I wrote this book and decided I was going to podcast it. And then it kind of, this was in the early days of podcasting. This was when you had to have a 
what is a podcast page on your website? Because people had no idea yeah. what the yeah. F a podcast was. And uh, the book actually, I mean, at its time, did well. It had many, many, many downloads. And a small publisher picked it up. It was an Amazon bestseller for a few weeks. And that was a haunted space station novel that I'm, I've come, I've since come back to to breathe some new life into it, especially since I've had the experience I've had, not just in the last year, but as a thing, as a as a writer, even if your even if your fiction is not based in any way, shape, or form in reality, even if the science in your science fiction has holes in it and it's shitty, <laughs> like mine, um, <laughs> it's still your life experiences are are vital in mm-hmm. in crafting that story. And man, the last seventeen years since I wrote that book, I've I've, I've had I've had I've done some living. I've done some living, so I just <laughs> so I decided it was time to come back to it. But um, yeah, and I think that I just I also find it exciting to kind of that mashup of of horror and space and spooking. It doesn't even have to be horror. You know, my favorite the favorite books of mine that I've written. I say that not in a weird like I love my books kind of way, but the books that resonated most with me. Um, not really so much of an element of horror to it but there is spookiness to it. it is again it's kind of a ghost story in space but it's um not straight up horror it's definitely science fiction but i wrote the third book of this i called it a cycle the first one was a novella and then uh, the second one was a slightly longer novella and then the third one is probably a burgeoning on novel i think it's about sixty-five thousand words the intention is sometime in the future to combine them kind of in i think what the authors call them when you combine like novellas it's like the omnibus so <laughs> but um yeah i don't know i see that you see that tangent that i went on when you yes, say so yeah. there are there yep. are no rails and I'm like where's phil he's like oh he's up in that tree like, hey guys <laughs> well, i don't know what Talking i'm doing about his books. <laughs> he's over there i'm not here to sell my books i don't even think they're in print right now because i parted ways with the publisher years ago because i thought it would be you know, I wanted to kind of get the books back out there and it seemed like the time was right to kind of take back um, take back the rights and they were having issues with Amazon and just a bunch of small publishing house issues and so they didn't want to hold me back. I said, that's a, that sounds great. Let's do that. And then kind of things got chaotic in my life and I said, oh crap, I don't have an editor anymore. And, oh no! And then, and then, <laughs> and then so here I am now. But maybe someday they'll be back in print and then I'll come back on the show and be like, I'm here to promote all my books that I talked about way too much the last time I was on. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We did tell you we don't have rails <laughs> and tangents are just what we do. Yeah. So yep. like, we're not going to be mad at you for tangenting. Yeah, we're the tangent ladies. <laughs> I love that, that, that. That's a verb. Tangenting, tangenting is a verb in this family. It, okay. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. I'm fine with that. Yes. Cramering is a verb too. So. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, you are way too much fun to talk to. You guys are fantastic. So listeners, well, if you haven't already rate it and review their podcast, get on Apple Podcasts and leave this podcast a five star glowing review because they are they see are he's he's so much better at promoting us than I we, know. we stuck. We We're like, you do. like us? Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> We're so professional. We are. No, really. Are, really. Don't change a damn thing. <laughs> we won't. 
Do you have anything else you want to talk about before we quit for the night? I I think I've covered it for the night. I've got to leave something for next time. Okay. Not to, yeah. that's, that's not to say some crazy, crazy thing's not going to happen to me. And I'm like, well, I was going to talk about this the next time, but now we're going to talk about this. <laughs> and I do, I do hope that happens because then you can quote me. You said, remember yeah. that time you said, well, you were going to talk about something and you said something crazy might happen. And well, say, it yeah, did. You were right. It did. Yeah. Remember that church that burned down that yeah. I was visiting? Well... Well, I'll have to give you an update because, again, I said weather permitting, uh, we're going to go back out there next week. It won't, won't be with the kids. It'll be my wife and I. And then and not T, at night. My, exactly. And we're going to not go at night. Hashtag safety. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Well, yeah. If something happens, you got to tell us. Oh, you know I will. Yeah. You absolutely know I will. Because I want to know. I want to know too. Yeah. You'll, as I'll long as you, you don't know. go at night, like just <laughs> I'm with, I'm with the rest of your family on that one. I think. Yeah, no, I think there were enough signposts that <laughs> would be at least at this stage of the game, foolish to ignore. Yeah. yeah at least you have to like, be, you gotta get be to know the ground better because yeah. like, so you can exit supernatural faster. hazards. Like if you're stumbling about in the dark, like you can break a leg and, that's and break bad. your arm and well that's the thing and and we can we can slight we can part almost part on this note but that's that is the truth and when my buddy and i went out to the crash site at night and i said to him i said here look i said the urge to run out of here may be very real i said but there's no way that we can get out of here quickly without hurting ourselves so so let's not do oh, that. Let's not do that. So that's another, it's a cautionary tale. <laughs> I, I do want to add one thing yes. because this, this has to do with not going at night. Um, my younger child has never really liked scary things, mm -hmm. um, but they're, they're 15 now. And finally the familial trait has started to right. come forward. The gene is being expressed. <laughs> and finally it's taken a long time. Um, and they're they're more into interesting things. And uh, <laughs> Mom, I said you're that old sounds enough. So bad. They were into interesting things. Before. Well, not not like just My Little Pony, for God's sake. I can't deal with My Little Pony. I just can't. I can't. Friendship um, is magic, though. Friendship is magic. Never that. It's very magical. It is so magical. But there's too many pastels and high pitched voices. And okay, I just, I when that. I when I was a small child. And I was like, can we please watch Care Bears? She was like, no, if mommy has to watch Care Bears, mommy will die. <laughs> you don't want mommy to die, do you? <laughs> so we watched The Last Unicorn instead, which then became my uh, favorite movie for years as a child. And it's still an amazing movie. And it's also an amazing book. I, I haven't seen that in years. And I haven't read it in years. But man, I saw that fairly young. And again, that's one of those magical like memories. Yeah, there is same. Magic, and now I want to watch it. You should, and I, I and I, I, I have a feeling that it will hold up. I feel like that holds up. It and, has, and the secret of Nim. Yes, those are the yes, two they like both magic. Have held up. But yeah, sorry, that was totally a tangent. But you know, I knew where you were going to go that. with it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew where you were going with that. Yeah, um, you embarrassed me so much. I'm allowed to tell that no, story. No, I'm not embarrassed by it at all because I was only telling the truth. 
Um, so I said to him, we, we'd run out of things to watch together. I said, Why don't we watch the X-Files? Yes. You'll like the X-Files. And they said, okay, but aren't there some episodes that are really, really scary? I said, yeah, there's the serial killer episode. We won't watch that one. Your sister doesn't even like to watch that one. I hate watching that one. That one, I we, we don't have yeah. to watch that. But, you know, we'll start watching it. And they were hooked immediately. And that's good uh, parenting right there. He, they just were like, mom, I want to change my name again. Cause the original name was cat. The one that we gave them. Mm-hmm. And then he, they said, well, I, I like Wolf better. The name is Fox. I think this I, one will stick. Because, I saw that on the Facebooks. Yes. Yeah. Because you know, the little thing is redheaded, has the mm-hmm. sense of humor mm-hmm. and, he wants to believe. So I love it. There we are. I love it. Ooh, maybe, I, you know, you got me thinking my wife and I were talking about tattoos the other day and I've been thinking there are different things I want thinking. I want to, get. I don't have a ton of tattoos. She's, she's, she's my painted lady. I only have just one Foxwood might be good to get because Fox is one of my daughter's favorite animals. Um, and then, you know, Fox is, you know, just, the Nine Tails Fox. I love Naruto. I'm huge into that. And then, of course, Fox Mulder. Spooky, right? And that would be perfect, too. And Huh. There's an idea. I'll, if I decide to get a fox tattoo, I'll let you know. Tangenting. Hey. I tangented the hell out of that. That's a good one. <laughs> I'm going to say one tangent, and then I'm going to shut up so we okay. can let you leave and go to sleep. I have always wanted, I don't want to get text tattoos very much. I haven't wanted to get much writing, but I've decided if I get any writing tattoos, I want to get, I want to believe on my right arm and belief is the enemy on my left. That would be awesome. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That would be perfect. That would be perfect. For both the wonderfulness of, you know, Keel and the Mm -hmm. X-Files. As that would be amazing. Influences on my childhood. Yeah, I'm done now. Yep. Okay. Now I'm thinking in other directions. Yeah, it's getting late, isn't it? <laughs> yep. Yep. We should stop. <laughs> well, thank you for coming and, and oh, tangenting was, with us. Because this was so much fun. We don't tangent enough on our own, apparently. No. Thank you for allowing um, me to tangent without shame. You are a pleasure <laughs> to tangent with. Oh, I love always. It. Always the tangent again. I I mean, you know, I'm going to bug you guys in a few months. Like, hey, I'm ready to come back on. Can I come back on the yeah, show? Yeah, <laughs> we'll definitely we'll have you. And if you ever want us to come back on, we'll we'll come by oh, and know. hang yeah. out. I love it. That would be all right. marvelous. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's all for this week's episode of the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. If you have any questions or thoughts about the podcast or would like to come and talk about your experiences of the paranormal, you can contact us at 6djk67 at gmail.com. We promise to even answer you, and we are always happy to hear from you. Thank you. (laughs) 